Hey, everybody. Welcome to Social Beauty Makers, the podcast, where every Wednesday we'll bring you fast-paced, powerful 15-minute episodes meant to inform, educate, and inspire around a variety of topics, including trends in all things tech for the professional salon industry. I'm Gordon Miller's AI voice clone. And I do have to apologize for being only two out of five in terms of my realism. Having said that, I do promise to improve with time. Thanks for tuning in today. Gordon, back over to you, friend. So this is really me. And um, that was AI-generated voice synthesis from a platform called Eleven Labs. Not bad, not perfect, um, but a, a bit of a clone. And although this is not a podcast about AI or even technology this week, I just had to slide in a little bit of something. So welcome again. I do want to mention on Sundays, beginning July 16th, I will be hosting BeautyCast Network's Mastering Beauty podcast, and we will be spending 30 minutes every week with some brilliant guests sharing their very best advice to create sustainable and successful careers. Tabitha Coffee is my first guest, and I can't wait to share it with everybody. I'm about to head to Las Vegas. Um, not my favorite place to go, but this time here, I'm always there and love being there with our larger industry community. It is the Cosmoprof weekend, and Cosmoprof is this bigger global event that brings together distributors, uh, manufacturers, brands of all kinds, uh, the people who help produce products, the packaging, you name it. Um, everybody's in Las Vegas from the corporate side of the industry. And, uh, and I'm headed back once again. The Professional Beauty Association has a program that they've developed called Future Leaders. And uh, I'm most excited about it. And I'm excited to have been invited to be part of a panel that they are presenting. Um, I'll be one of the panelists uh, in, uh, alongside of uh, Amika's Ruben Carranza, Solis Christina Russell, Salon Service Group's John Catrone. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm excited to be there. And, and I'm going to use that program as kind of a, a place to, to riff off of for this week's episode. I want to say thanks to my friend Alex Cohn, Vice President of Sales and Marketing over at Premier Beauty Supply here in Chicago, um, and also Senior Director of Trade Marketing and Business Development for K18, Kate Harrison, for inviting me to participate on the panel. So um, for this episode, they sent us a document to get ready. You know, they, often with panels, you get some questions to, to kind of get you thinking before you arrive at the event. And there were some really good ones that I just thought, you know, make a really great episode. So I want to say also thank you to the panel moderator, um, who I've not met before. I'm excited to meet her. Alethea Young, I hope I pronounced that right, um, who's the lead education manager over at K18. Again, can't wait to meet her. And also to PBA's Emily I'm going to screw this last name up as well. Hegdal, member engagement manager. I know Emily. Say hey to her every time I see her, but um, uh, uh, we don't usually use the last name. So I apologize if I mispronounced um, either of those names. All right. So questions that came to the panel to kind of get us thinking. And I, I want to share some of my responses. I, I just think this could be kind of a fun episode. I, I hope it gives you something to think about. So th the first one is, well, giving context, I guess, to the audience is... Uh, yeah, how did you land in the industry? Give us a quick introduction and a story timeline. I'm I'm going to skip the timeline because I've shared that many times on the podcast. But but I will just say quickly that um, yeah, my getting into the professional salon industry was just a happy accident, and um, it, it was really looking back, it was really based on knowing what I didn't want from life and being open to trying a different path. You know, I just graduated college. I had a degree in investment and finance. My minor was in economics. I, um, I knew that I didn't want to do those things. I, I just knew it after four years. 
And um, I had to be open to trying a different path if I wanted to get anywhere. And I, I understood that fundamentally. Um, and, and my focus at that point in life at age 22, just coming out of college, honestly, was finding a job um, that I could be okay with. Um, and really importantly at that age was being able to, for, to afford life on my own. And, um, and it was important to me. I was, I was closeted to my family. I um, was really just kind of coming into my own as, as a gay person and uh, sorting out where that was going to take me. So exciting times. And again, I, I think knowing what I didn't want at that age was important. And definitely being open to trying things was, was absolutely critical. And I think a key to my ending up with a, uh, in an industry that would take me all kinds of great places. All right, next question. Describe the biggest changes, growth, or evolution you've experienced from that time until present. Ideas that have informed much of your career. Um, what, what might they be? And so uh, for me, it was the coming to the understanding, I think about 10 years into my career, um, that education was so, so powerful when done well. And that's just so important to say, when done well. And, and it, it kind of attached to that is the idea that it's so important to recognize that those who teach, coach, and or mentor others have a tremendous responsibility to learners. Um, and, and whatever role any of us may play in supporting educators, supporting coaches and mentors, and in the corporate space, many of us do that, that we have a great responsibility to those learners um, and to the educators themselves um, to, to give them what they need to, to be great at the jobs that they have. So that was big for me. And, and I spent most of my life in the education space um, professionally, uh, 22 years in the school side of the industry, and, and now another 23 years in more of the professional and media side of the industry. But in every bit of my career, I've had attachment to education in some way, shape, or form. All right, next question. Who is your greatest mentor or inspiration from either inside or outside of the industry and why? Mine uh, was Leo Passage, um, the Pivot Point International founder, and, and, and during my 10 years, the CEO um, of the company. And um, he did more to shape who I am as a professional than, than anyone. And I think he probably had more of a, an impact on my life as not only as a professional, but as a human being than, than anybody, uh, more, than, more than my dad. Um, he had this clarity of purpose. Um, this absolute love for his work. He, he often referred to it as his hobby and how lucky he was to, to have a career that, that he looked at his work as a hobby. He had this curiosity about everything um, and, and a passion for technology and what it could mean for education that for me, I started Pivot Point in 86, so it was a whole different time. So, so that passion was, I think, even more meaningful than it is today because we're so used to technology. It's, it's such a part of all of our lives, but it wasn't the case back then. Also, he had uh, a great empathy, um, a, a great interest in, in people and, and, and the planet and, and, um, and humanity. And, and lastly, and, and every one of those things has inspired me, motivated me. Uh, and lastly, um, something that I just was so aligned with and probably unknowingly, you know, in, in the beginning, and that was his drive. Um, he had this absolute drive uh, to be successful. And for him, that meant really serving his customers. And, and I just can't say enough, enough good things about Leo. All right. Identify the innovation or change making idea on the horizon that the industry could or should embrace. 
anybody who's listened to me knows the answer to this question is unquestionably artificial intelligence. Um, it's going to change everything. All right, next question. The largest challenge facing the next group of leaders um, coming into the industry in the next five to 10 years. I feel a, a radical transformation of our workforce coming. And it's happening, I believe, for many reasons. It's already occurring, but I think it's going to become more significant. Um, and it's very likely going to disrupt an already disrupted industry and affect all the many parts and pieces in profound ways. I hope to speak more about that on a coming episode. Next question, who is shaking things up in a positive way and why? I might be a little biased in this one, but I'm going to say podcasters. And um, interestingly, I've, I've been thinking a lot about this lately and, and specifically about the role that podcasters are playing in business education in the industry. And this is an area throughout most of my career that, that many of us have said, hmm, we, we, we need more business education. We need to reach more people with business education. And, and I would include uh, career development education in the same category. There's been all kinds of studies done that say 80% of success is related to non-technical skills. And yet, 80 to 90% of all education remains technical. So, so you know, that's interesting when we, when we know that success is being driven so much by non-technical skills, and yet education is happening uh, more so in, in the other side, in the 20%. Podcasts are predominantly all about business and are getting at least 150,000 downloads per month. And I would say that's minimum in our space, in beauty, in the salon industry. That's like 2 million downloads per year. Think about that. Pre-pandemic, I would argue that leaving podcasts out for a moment, that real-time education, in-person education across the industry, at best, and I'm going to be really liberal with this number, at best touched about 150,000 individuals per year. I, and I shouldn't say individuals, 150,000 you know, people in classrooms, many of them the same people going back and back, as is true of podcasts. And so I, I just feel like you know podcasts have opened up um, the world to information um, that was previously difficult to get. I think I've talked to so many people who say that you know love who, who love going to business classes that they kind of fell into the podcast lane in a really strong way. And and many have said you know it, it's I get the same information. I don't need to sit in the classroom to watch someone talk at me. Um, when I can do listen to them in a podcast and, and actually feel that I'm in a more intimate um, kind of setting. And so I, th I think that's really, really interesting. And I think the information being shared um, to the larger industry by way of podcasts is absolutely um, transformative. Next question, what are your leadership philosophies? I, I would say the, the role of leaders is to um, help the people that we work with um, to find their way to shared vision and values. And, and most importantly, to provide the tools to execute against those things um, in a way that leads to success and then get out of the way, you know, just get out of the way. Next question, what advice would you give to someone who wants to advance their career but isn't quite sure how? I think my best advice there is, is to find your passion and to follow it, whatever it might be, um, but really have clarity as to what your passion is. Um, to learn more that connects to the work you do and the passion that you have and, and not just learn more, but learn lots. You know, I, I, I really am obsessive about learning something every single day. 
next, you got to do the work. You know, you just, you got to do the work. You got to put in the time. And um, that's, that's just foundational to getting ahead. Network, like a crazy person. I can't overstate the value of networking. Um, if you want to have a long career, we don't stay in the same positions forever. We don't necessarily stay with the same companies forever. Many of us do. Um, but more often than not, you know, we, we have careers that take us to different places. And so networking, I think, is, is so important because you just don't know when someone outside of your, your, your day-to-day you know, working sphere um, could be the person who just changes your life for the better. So I think that's really important. Um, and, and then I would say, you know, you just got to go the extra mile in everything that you do within the constraints of your own boundaries. And, you know, we, we talk so much about boundaries in, in these days, and I think it's an important conversation. I, I think most people I know have had long careers have always had them. Sometimes we didn't use that word, but, but again, I, I think um, they've been with us, uh, most of us who, who've made it who've made these careers long and sustainable. It's hard to do it without boundaries. Um, and again, we're all different that way. My boundaries in my work are, are actually very, very simple. Now I'll say I'm a workaholic, but I'm a happy workaholic. And so relative to boundaries, that's the word that, that, that is my boundary. You know, I have to be happy. I have to be happy in my work. And when I'm not, a line has been crossed and I, I easily recognize that and it's time to remedy it. Whatever is making me unhappy, I either have to somehow make peace with it and that typically happens if it's kind of a passing thing um, um, or I have to kind of do the hard work and sort out you know, how I'm going to, again, remedy it um, within the context of the work that I do. And, and if I can't, you know, then it's time for me to think about what might be next and um, yeah, happiness. It's, we only live once and, and it, it's just so, so important. But also important is to know your boundaries, um, your very own boundaries, not my boundaries, not somebody else's boundaries, but your boundaries relative to your job. And really importantly today, I would say, not the boundaries imposed by others. There's so much talk about it. And I think sometimes people are pushing their boundaries or their understanding or beliefs and boundaries onto other people. And, 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 you know, different strokes for different folks. Um, I, I think it's important that you have clarity around our own. I think it's actually quite critical. All right, next question. We often hear that the industry is fractured. We have so many independent licensed professionals, salons, new brands, a, a boring of the lines between professional and over-the-counter brands, the threats of deregulation. So, so how do you see the future of the professional beauty industry in terms of it, its evolving? How can we all work together to ensure the success of our industry? Interestingly, um, I'm going to be a little contrarian, which, which I often am, I think. And I'm going to say that thinking back over the last 40 plus years, I'm going to say that perhaps we are more connected and less fractured than ever. We may have more categories than ever, but that doesn't mean um, we are necessarily fractured. And I, I think that's uh, important to consider. It, it's easy to think that we have these divisions sometimes, but but again, when you look at the history, I think I think we lived in in deeper silos before, and the silos did not communicate. And I'll use Professional Beauty Association as, as a perfect example. In the early days of my career, we had a lot of different associations, and they didn't really speak to each other very much. Or if they did, it wasn't always in friendly terms. So we had school organizations. We had the National Cosmetology Associ- Association, a hairdressing group, Intercoiffure. 
we had several um, hair coloring uh, associations um, or uh, groups. Um, we had the American Beauty Association, which was for manufacturing. We had the BBSI, which was a distributor association, and many other groups. And again, lived in our silos. Um, going back 10 plus years ago, there was consolidation of associations in a real proactive way. Distributors and manufacturers and hairdressing associations came together to form, to form newly the PBA, the Professional Beauty Association, which brought those different groups, those different silos together and literally, literally together in the same room to talk about big issues that were impacting everybody across the industry. And there's many examples of this. So, so I think in many ways, again, I, I feel that we're less fractured. On the professional level, going back again, 10, 15, 20 years, um, there was almost no communication between the community of independence, which has been here for over 100 years, and the community of traditional salons that has been here not quite as long. Um, and today, you know, not only do we have communication, we have folks working together, we have the evolution of the salon models into hybrids. Um, so a lot's going on. So, you know, there may be emotions, you know, about the changing world. I think, you know, we have that in our personal lives as well. But I don't think we're as fractured um, as we might think. Threats of deregulation been around my entire career, nothing new to it. Um, it goes up and down. And we should never, you know, rest, you know, I, I think. Um, it's important to say that uh, I'm not poo-pooing the threat of deregulation, but there's nothing new and, and we know how to deal with it. Um, and I think most importantly, no matter where it takes us, um, we're a strong industry and, and we will um, evolve um, to, to, um, you know, to step up to whatever challenges that we're facing. So I, I think that's really important to say. I do think that um, our biggest challenge is misinformation and confusion. There's so much bad information floating around um, in, in, in every part of the industry. I've had people at really big companies say things to me that I believe are just fundamentally not true. That's my opinion based on the information that I can pull together. So biggest challenge is misinformation, confusion, and that results um, a lot of times from the lack of data that the industry has about ourselves, which we should be using to guide us, but we just don't have. And that is a big problem. Um, I'll also add that uh, kind of being a contrarian to myself, <laughs> I believe that tension between the industry silos can be a good thing. And I don't mean, you know, war, you know, <laughs> lobbing grenades, you know, metaphorical grenades from one part of the industry to another. And we see that happening too. You know, so that is definitely not good. Um, anything that's mean spirited is not good. But tension, I think can be very positive. Tension um, in an organized manner between salons and schools and, and, and between independents and, and, and traditional salons and between manufacturers and distributors and on and on and on. Those tensions often can result in better things. You know, when we get together and we have smart conversations and we we you know let down our defenses and 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 be real and be human and all be caring about the same thing, uh, but but sharing ideas on on how we can work better together to get there. So I, I think you know that's important. I've got more questions, but I'm going to jump to something that's a favorite, and that is quotes. Uh, again, these little phrases that that have so much wisdom packed into them, and these are both on leadership. They're two of my favorites. The first one is um, from Lao Tzu, the legendary ancient Chinese philosopher, he said, a leader is best when people barely know he exists. When her work is done, his aim fulfilled, they will say, we did it 
ourselves. I love that. I love that. Next is John Maxwell, um, author, business thought leader, guru, written some brilliant, brilliant books. He says, a leader is one who sees more than others see, who sees farther than others see, and who sees before others see. Love both those quotes. I will let you ponder them. Um, I'm out of time for today, so I'm going to wrap up here and, and say that if you like what you heard, I encourage you to visit socialbeautymakers.com, sign up for my free e-newsletter for more content, early access to the podcast. Again, if you liked it, I hope you leave a rating, review, subscribe. Uh, best yet, hit share and pay it forward so others can find the podcast. And um, again, reminder, Sundays will be Beautycast Network's uh, Mastering Beauty podcast. Tap of the coffee up first on July 16th. I think it's a great episode. I've already recorded it. I can't wait for you to listen to it. And um, yeah, that's it. So uh, as always, I want to thank you so very, very much for tuning in. And lastly, I'm Gordon Miller, and I can't wait to share more with you next time. <music>